Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to Respect Our Decision, Pod of the People. As always, I'm your boy, Hirsch. With me, CJ, the man, McCann. What's up, guys? And, of course, as always, the hype man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? Hey, guys, if you don't know, if maybe this is your first time stumbling across this show, this is our weekly Q&A show that we do. For all you guys that follow us on social media, we post a questionnaire each and every week and you post sending your questions underneath. It. And we try to give our best answers, maybe what we've heard, what we're thinking. And maybe some of them are just uh, silly questions. We got a couple of those this week. Man, we like to talk about all kinds of things. And I promise y'all next week, CJ is going to have the community question ready to go. Uh we're still getting back into the groove of part of the people guys, you know, as when the season got here, we, we went ahead and put it on pause and now we're back full fledged, you know, we're going to have some good community questions. Maybe next week's will be like, why do you think EA sports didn't have a trailer for NCAA 24 during the national championship game? Leave your answer below. Maybe because EA sports is a scam, but that's a whole nother opinion. We'll talk about that. A different day. <laughs> but as always guys, Check this out wherever you get your podcast from. What? Wes just bumping in on us here. Yeah, you bet. But as always, Wes had technical technical difficulties. It's always Wes. It's always Wes. Guys, make sure that you go out there and download this wherever you get your podcast from. As I was saying before, Wes so rudely technically difficultied out. Or if you're checking us out on YouTube, guys, do what you did last week, man. Y'all smashed it last week. Did a great job. Over 1,000 views on it. Best episode ever. Go ahead. Check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Drop a like. Leave a question. Maybe if you want to leave a question for next week down below, go ahead and leave it in the comments, and we'll get it from there, too. We don't mind, man. We'll read a question from anywhere. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Here we go. Starting off, long-time listener, long-time question asker, Charlie Sapp. Thank you, as always, Charlie, for participating, man. Charlie's a great member of our little group chat we have on Facebook. His question is, and I'll start with you, CJ, is Montgomery 
Montgomery still Florida's number one quarterback choice for 2025? I feel like he is. Um, but I, I will tell you that this got a lot more interesting. I, at one point, if you asked me back around October, I'd have told you it was Where a slam dunk. I would have told you it was a slam dunk. It was over. Montgomery was going to be the guy. Um, you know, from everything that I'd heard and I knew about what was going on with Montgomery, that it was pretty much going to be a guy who was going to be like DJ and commit around December um, and be in the class until we sign. And, and a lot of guys have gotten involved. Um, now, now too, Antoine Hill is back and he's available. Um, Antoine Hill's the guy that I want. Um, you know, he was originally committed to Colorado. Um, so if Ron Montgomery doesn't want to play ball, I'm more than happy to get Antoine Hill. Uh, Antoine Hill's the guy with the big arm. If you haven't watched him, watch him play. He's not a, you know, somebody wrote somewhere talking about he was a really like a dual threat guy. He's, he's really not. He's, he's a pocket passer. He's a true downfield throw the football kind of guy. He has insane numbers in Houston County. Um, he's somebody's going to get a great quarterback in him. And Montgomery's a very good talent too. I'd be satisfied with either one of them, but right now it looks like USC is heavily involved with Ryan Montgomery. Um, and he really liked his visit there from what I've been told. So we might not be, you know, fully invested in Montgomery. And two, it's going to be hard to recruit these guys when you have a quarterback room now that contains DJ Lagway. Cause you know, quarterbacks don't, don't commit to come sit on the bench. They want to play. Um, you know, and a lot of these guys as high ranked as these guys are, they can go play. They can go other places and play. Um, but Florida's first option right now, and it looks like the first, you know, the talented, you know, the guy in the room, the heir apparent is DJ Lagway. So I'm going to be really interested to see how well they do selling a quarterback to come join this room with him in it. But uh, as of right now, I don't think Ryan Montgomery is, is, is a, is a stone cold lock like it was at one point. A little piece of side info that I can add to that before we move on. This this episode, for those of y'all that, you know, you'll already be listening to it, so obviously you'll know this. Um, this episode will debut Saturday night at 8 p.m., probably right around that time. Billy Napier is visiting Ryan Montgomery on Friday. So by the time you listen to this, Billy would have already paid a visit to Ryan Montgomery. So that tells you what that he's still very much – a high priority for the Gators, but I'm with CJ. I would not mind one bit about Mr. Antoine Hill being in the class. All right, Wes. Next question is from Jay Stubbins. We all know Jay. Jay Stubbins has always been a great question asker, and Jay even says it himself. Day one listener and love the show. But who do you guys think is someone in the spring um, that needs to show something or get out of the way? Wow, uh, that is a Put hell of a question. Spot. Yeah, because I'm trying. I'm I'm thinking who's in front of whom and who can replace who. Um, there's some guys that have some opportunities this year to step up in a major way, and I'm trying to dig my uh, brain to think. Um, I'm going to go with Jason Marshall. I was going to say that's exactly who I was thinking. We have some young guys coming in. We have some portal guys coming in, and if he's not going to be that guy, um, and and I if you would couldn't also... have, if you couldn't have come up with a name, I was about yeah. to slip that one to you under the table. Yeah, I, I I was pondering. I was like, that's the only guy I could come up with, and and also more as well. I will put him in that same. It is not because of his ability to play, because we know when he's on the field, that kid is phenomenal. It's his availability. So 
Uh, I will say those two corner spots because there's some guys that behind them. We have we, we talked about uh, uh, Johnson, um, Jackson. Uh, uh, yeah, Johnson and Jackson, both of those kids. Yeah, uh, as far as the yeah. corner, Dejan, yeah. So we have two corners behind those guys that came in uh, highly recruited. Got Johnson from Ohio State. We saw Jackson on the field last year. Uh, we didn't get Johnson from Ohio State. We flipped him from Ohio State. Let me make that clear. Uh, he's not a poor kid. He's a guy we recruited in the class last year with Jackson and all those other kids with Castell and uh, uh, Denson in that, that class. So we have a lot of guys in the secondary that can come in and prove themselves this year. So if Moore can't stay healthy, if I see an ankle turn and he's not in spring practice or something, I'm going to be pissed off. If, if uh, we see the same troubles with Marshall, and, and he kind of improved as the season went on, uh, but we just had so much uh, expectation for that kid uh, coming in uh, as as a former five star, borderline five star. From depending on what site that you that you looked at, um, uh, his expectations were high. I mean, this is going to be his third, if I'm not mistaken, uh, DB coach, if not fourth. Um, so that I hope, you got to learn something. You got to be picking up something. So, but but he did play a little bit better. Uh, it's just uh, the talent. Uh, and, and the expectation, especially when you're playing DB at the University of Florida, we call ourselves DBU for a reason. Uh, with a lot of other schools, but it, but but he has to go out there and perform. If not, I want to see more of Jackson opposite of Moore, or vice versa. I would also add to it any single individual on the defensive line. <clears throat> if those guys aren't, if somebody isn't getting it done on the defensive line, there's plenty of talent behind them. Kelby Collins, you know, Cersei. All these younger guys, um, Slackman just came in. I don't believe he's penciled in as a starter, but somebody ain't getting it done. Next man up on that defensive line. We need production. All right, CJ, from my uh, my buddy, my fellow Falcon fan, Jed Keel, best guesses as the starting O-line is currently constructed. Uh, okay, um, my best guess is probably going to be uh, Barber at left. Um, I would say Harris at, at right guard, or excuse me, Harris at left guard, Slaughter at center, um, Damian George at right guard, and then Crenshaw Dixon at right tackle. You don't think that maybe right. Crenshaw Dixon goes to left and Barber slides back to it, right? It, it could. It, either way. you could Probably one of those get into you practice could, and see how it goes. Yeah, let's see what they do. Uh, Devon Manuel has played a lot. He could take a spot. I, I don't think. I think that's a lot of it too, man. If Roderick Kearney comes out here and he busts his ass, Damian George has shown me nothing to to guarantee him a spot. I'm just saying, you know, he played a lot. He's a big <laughs> and he's and he's a better. He's I, I mean, he's got to be a better guard than he was a tackle. Um, you know, he can't be worse as a guard. Um, you know, <laughs> no my offense. whole thing with him though is can you can you ever see him pulling or anything yeah. like that? Like I just I can't. I can't you see know, and like I said, you've got a lot of those guys that are just ready to go as far as the guard position. You've got guys in the room. They've you know, interior guys. Kearney's in that room. You know, you you recruited a ton of guys like that. Uh, Noel Portenhagen uh, is a guy that you know the staff really really likes. If he comes in and he's lighting it on fire, you know, this is a guy who's you know been playing against grown men in Germany. This isn't you know this isn't just like your typical. Um, recruit high school kid, you know, it's German football, it's different, but you know, they talk about him and they say he's like a photocopy of what they have with Osiris Torrance. So, if you can have those guys coming and step up, um, you know, I, I think that you could you could definitely see. I think the guards' positions are the only two that I really have questions of where they're going to be because I know that Slaughter's going to play center 
I think Bryce pretty, Lovett I mean, needs to be in the conversation. Bryce as well. Lovett's a guy for sure. Cameron Waits is a guy. Um, you know, he you know, he's come back from his injury. There's I'm guys excited. who play that guard position. Marcus <laughs> Maskell, he's gonna get here a little late because he's not one of the early enrollees, but you brought him in. Uh, Mike Williams is another guy that you've brought in. He's a freshman. But let's see what, what happens as we get into camp. These guys move around. You've got a lot of guys fighting for that interior, those two right and left guard spots. But like I said, the only thing I feel is concrete now is your tackles and your center. That left and right guard, we'll see what they what that what that turns into after spring camp. I, I think that that's I think those two positions are up in the air. I think anybody can get those. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, Wes. Next question comes from Ryan Guerin. Ryan says, with the group of kids at the skill positions that surround him and the talent he brings on his own, do you expect Graham Mertz to be a legitimate Heisman candidate in 2024? No. Heisman Mertz. No, hmm? I, I don't think he will be – I'm not going to put that expectation on myself or him. Um, I just want him to do a little bit more of what he did last year. Uh, he was a game manager and he was excellent at it. Uh, I think we all had him maybe close to double digits in uh, throwing interceptions and he wasn't even close to it. So if he keeps it five and under again this year, I would, I would matter of fact, Hirsch and CJ, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind him going to five or six interceptions if he's throwing the deep ball more to certain guys that can go out and make a play. Uh, I would love to see, and I think I told you guys this, I would love to see Trey more on some goal balls or some some posts, some deep posts, or Mizell or uh, Jackson, because I feel like Jackson is a 70-30 uh, a guy, meaning not a 50-50 ball, but a 70-30, because his hands are spectacular. We saw a lot of plays with Jackson just, I, I don't, he's different when the ball is in the air, and I like that. Uh, Douglas is gone, but Douglas was like that as well as far as one of those guys that you just saw uh, that uses their hands very well with catching the pass. So if I, I wouldn't mind if Mertz goes to seven picks, uh, meaning that's mean he's taking more chances and throwing the ball deeper, but I, I don't think he will be a Heisman candidate, uh, not at all. I, I don't think you're him. also going to see some packages for DJ that take some snaps away from him as well. I, and I'm not going to say that hurts him, but think about it with like Chris Leak in 2006. I mean – or even even you know we saw uh, Monday with with Orgy and and McCarthy. That's his last name. I can't help that his last name is Orgy. Unfortunately, he has I didn't see second, any Orgy. I'll tell you this: he has the second second most unfortunate last name, unlike a certain player in Indiana who's a linebacker. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead and pronounce that name for me. Nope. <laughs> nope. Wes about to come on, come and get you. <laughs> Wes is frozen. No, he's not. There he is. Um. Oh, there he goes. He's gone again. It, made it lead the call. I mean, it was a man. <laughs> he was. He was having more technical difficulties. Oh, he's back. All right. He's back. Internet in South Carolina sometimes is, is touch and go. It's that way in Georgia, too. All right, on to the next question. Um, This is from Jonathan Williams, and Jonathan, I'll answer this one for you real quick. Any chance we get an offensive coordinator as that ship sailed? Jonathan, get back with us about February 1st or 2nd, and then we'll have a much clearer 
aspect on that. Once the contracts that expire on January 31st expire, and then we'll see what's going on. All right, CJ, this is for you. This is from Steve Beatty, and I'm going to kind of reconstruct this question a little bit mm -hmm. because it underneath it, some people commented, and he kind of changed his text a little bit. But what he was trying to say is, for 20 years or so, UF has had a real hard time signing in-state five-star players. Why? Because you talk about 20 years, what, I mean, you know, <laughs> Alabama got really good. Um, the uh, I'll tell you this, too. The access to players, the access to film, all that has never been as more prevalent as it has been in the last 20 years. You know, recruiting and scouting players, um, identifying players, all the services they have now, um, it, it, I think it has changed a lot of things. And then Florida for the last 20 years hasn't been very good. Um, you know, on top of that, you know, you look at, you know, just pretty much a couple of decades of mediocrity. Um, it, it's hard when, you know, you got kids that are going to go, they're going to Alabama. Alabama's really good. Georgia's really good. Um, you know, you, you're having to, you know, play tug of war with the other two big three in the state. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not like Georgia where you, you, your only competition is tech. And, you know, unless you have a 4.5 GPA, you ain't getting into tech. So, you know, there's really not a – it is what it is. Um, I, I think that's a lot of it. I think mostly it's just the way we consume information. I think it's the way that it's all out there now for people to access. Um, you've got coaches, you know, it used to be, you know, we all watched college football years ago. Uh, if you had a team from Michigan, you know, Michigan's – most of their team was made up of kids from Michigan and, and therefore they're on, you know, you, you had a team from California. Most of their players were from California, Texas. Most of their players were from Texas. Now it's just changed. Um, you know, kids leave, they go places. Uh, you know, you have more, you know, ways to communicate now with your family. Uh, it's easier to see your family. You don't get homesick as much. You've also added now, and this is a recent thing, you've got the portal, you know, where if it just doesn't work out, you can go home um, with seemingly no penalty. So um, I, I think that's a lot of it. And like I said, the, in the main root cause of it is Florida's just not been very good. But there's there's a lot of other, you know, extenuating factors that just have changed the way college football works. Um, you know, from, like I said, it's not a regional – sport anymore it's it's worldwide it's global it's national you know you you've got these kids they go anywhere um every game from every school is on tv now you know years ago if you lived in florida you watched florida teams and maybe you know once in a while you'd see notre dame or something now you can watch anybody you can see any every almost every game is pretty much televised so these kids have you know more knowledge of who usc is or who oregon is or you know the schools in texas or Tennessee or you know, Louisiana, you know, it just, I just think that the world has changed. Um, kids now aren't so, you know, stuck, you know, home. I, I think they, like I said, they, they're more adventurous. I think they want to go out more. So I think it's just the way things have changed. I think that it's just a, it's just a different world. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Ryan Parker has three questions for us. And the first two, I'm going to just shoot through real quick because they're pretty cut and dry questions. 
Um, the first one, lots of vi visits used on Portal DBs. Opinion on which ones we land. Obviously, Ryan, we landed DJ Douglas. Um, I haven't heard any more about Yam. He got a crystal ball for Ole Miss. Obviously, Ole Miss has been killing it in the portal. Um, I really don't know of any other portal DB targets as of the recording of this show. Uh, feels like another portal offensive line is needed. Current targets. The only other offensive line target I know we have right now is Lance Hurd, and the powers that be don't feel really good about that. Um, I know that they've talked some big numbers, and that's all we can really say about that, but that doesn't look promising, especially with all the, you know, we've already brought in two offensive tackles. Some of these kids are looking for promises that we're just not going to give them. Um, <clears throat> kids like this that have been sitting on the bench and feel like they're the most talented guy in the room are going to want to promise, hey, I want to start as soon as I get there. And we're not going to make that kind of promise. It's just you can't. You can't. Because here's what happens. You make them that promise. They get to campus. They, they don't live up to the expectation. You sit them down, and the next thing you know, they're, they've cleaned out their locker, and they're throwing their name back in the portal. It, and we've, you know, and the system allows them to. So, <clears throat> you know, that's what it is. It's better to tell a kid, hey, you're going to have to come in, and you're going to have to fight for your, for your position. And if they buy into that and they like the, what we're selling, you know, there you go. All right. Now, now here's a fun question. <clears throat> real, real relatable. Wes, I'm going to start with you. And he even says, now for the real question, who is your all-time favorite pro wrestler? Wes. Well, I, CJ and hers already know this. Um, <laughs> I have a couple. You can name two. It's all I'll right. name two. My my two, and I'll go with the, the the first because he's passed away. Scott Hall, growing up, Scott Hall, I was a big, big Scott Hall fan. Um, so th that was my guy. Razor um, baby. Yeah, and when he went to WCW <clears throat> and I wanted him to get with the Wolfpack and, you know, as a kid, you don't know. You just think it's all real and love mm -hmm. it. So <laughs> when he went with uh, the black and white, that, that really hurt uh, but but I always wanted the real because you know the group with uh, X Pac and uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I always and, and uh, Big Kevin Nash. I always wanted them to do something together as as DX. Um, but uh, Scott Hall was my favorite uh, until uh, the '90s, early 2000s rock. Not the Hollywood rock, but the early <laughs> Catch Line. Corporate uh, rock. Yeah, corporate rock was my favorite. Even even the bad even when he was a bad guy, I love the rock. So oh, those bad two, guy rock was the best yeah. rock. <laughs> yeah, that, that that why I said early nineties, uh I mean well late nineties, early two thousands rock was was my favorite. Uh his two thousand so, dollar shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh even with him and uh, uh Mick Foley, that the, the sock and rock connection, all that stuff. Rock and I sock. That. Oh. <laughs> So oh, I you just went left ride. over right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. I, I, I was excited, man. I'm excited because it was a good question. Those two, and, that, uh, and that's going to tie into what I say in a minute. But. Yeah. yeah, those CJ? two were my favorite, man. Man, you ask me this next week, and you'll get a different answer because I've just got so many guys that I just love. Um, from Flair, Randy Savage. I love Randy Savage. Um, probably my favorite. 
though is probably Sting. I, I've always loved Sting. When I was when I was a kid, Sting was like the coolest ever. Uh, face paint, you know, WCW ended. He went to TNA, and I was like really into that because I just I don't know. Sting was Joker cool. Sting. I watched. <laughs> I watched. I watched a lot of that. I loved Sting. My grandfather had old NWA tapes. And I'd watch Sting wrestle Ric Flair and, you know, Lex Luger and, you know, the Horseman. And I just loved, loved Sting. Uh, Sting is probably my favorite. But like I said, you can ask me in the day of the week and it would probably get a different answer. Quick uh, wrestling per- trivia question. Who was who who was Sting's original tag team partner? Uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Jim that Halloween. is correct. Yep. Yep, they Two were. points to Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> that or, or, you know, sometimes I'll, or I'll say Kurt Angle. I love Kurt. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um, so... But like probably my favorite would probably be Sting. I, I love Sting. My favorite all time, without question, and 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 that's why I, I got on to, to Wes is is Mick Foley. I love Mick Foley because Mick Foley was an average dude who didn't have a particular set of athletic skills and made a absolute crazy awesome career. He pretty much with Terry Funk invented the hardcore style of wrestling which was so big in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, Literally, the three faces of Foley is just one of the coolest things ever. I still have a Cactus Jack shirt somewhere in the the dresser drawer. Um, A close second is, um, excuse me, Jake the Snake Roberts. Maybe one of the most underappreciated guys in the history of wrestling. Uh, With Scott Hall, probably the two greatest wrestlers to never hold a world championship scott hall and and jake the snake and not only for his in-ring work but his life out of the ring and the trials and tribute you know just the things he went through with his addiction and how bad he struggled and his whole life fell apart and then he was able to get himself cleaned up with the help of ddp shout out to ddp get clean and just make himself where he's in the Hall of Fame with WWE, and now he's, you know, not very often, but he's in AEW, so he's connected to wrestling companies. He's earning a paycheck from the business again, and he's going around on speaking tours and things like that. So, love me some Jake the Snake. All right, <clears throat> moving back to the to the hard questions here. Justin Wood with his regular uh, gauntlet of questions. We'll start CJ with you. With the miss of Howell, where do you think Florida goes at edge? I th- I think they're done. Um, they went with Gums. 
Uh, I think that was the the choice. I think they went between the two. Uh, I think they liked Gums, how he measured out. I think they, you know, Gums was more ready to commit. Um, So I think that's it. I think that's where it's at. I I mean, I'm not as worried as doom and gloom about the edge room as some of the other folks are. I think there's plenty of guys that could come off of that edge next year uh, for us guys that, you know, we just have all over the place. Um, so, like I said, again, we'll get into the spring. Let's see what happens. Let's uh, let him get into a workout program. Uh, let's see what where we go from there. Again, Pup Howard is a possible guy to be playing on the edge as well. Um, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but I, I don't think we're going to add another one. I don't think there's another one in the portal that we've looked at. Um, I, you know, again, we've only got three more spots as of today. Um, so, yeah, I think that they, they chose Gums, uh, you know, for better or worse. You guys, you know, all have different opinions on that. Your opinions are valid, and I understand it. But I think that um, the staff has knocked it out of the park with evaluations similar to Gums before. Um, so, again, I, I am more more lenient to let the football people make the decisions and, and, and let them, you know, see what, you know, let them prove it to us themselves, you know, just kind of, Hold your hold your opinions until we put on pads and we play football. Um, I, I think that's the best way to, to go about it. Absolutely. All right, Wes. Next question from Justin. Transfer portal targets seem to have a great time on their visits. What do you think the disconnect is? More money from the other schools? Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> and now, just like what you mentioned with her, um, uh, promises. Pride. Yeah, uh, and, and then it, it's something you mentioned that we're going to have to tune into as far as the 2025 class. It's a wait and see, and Billy's not in the position to take uh, guys that right now are development guys. Like, I think I can't, I keep forgetting who said what, but you or CJ mentioned the point of, uh, I think it was CJ that said, of a guy just coming in, uh, how to recruit a guy that sat on the bench for one year and then year two. Billy's not in that position right now. We need guys that have played a little bit and 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 uh, for a couple of years, maybe at a smaller school, and coming and contributing right now. Because, uh, like her said, Billy knows this is it. Like he has to produce. He has to. He can't have another losing season uh, for sure. So uh, it, it's about getting those type of guys in that can come in and contribute to the team, whether they're starting or they're depth pieces. Because that's something that's also hurt us. Uh, we saw Shamar James go down, and there's nobody there to, re- to to take up the slack. Our linebacker core took a major hit when he went down last year. So um, we need guys that can contribute as far as depth or start on the field right now. So uh, the guys that come in and have a good time right now is mostly, to me, in my opinion, to really answer that question is a lot about money. And, and we know where our university stands when it comes to being serious about football. Yes, sir. All right. CJ, baseball question time. What do you think the starting rotation will be for the baseball team? Who do you think the closer is going to be, and what will the, and what is the bullpen going to look like? The bullpen, the Gators have a ton of really talented arms. They've recruited well. Um, you know, I think your 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 weekend guys, your weekend rotation is going to be probably probably be Fisher, probably be Cade Fisher, Jack Caglione. Like I said, Jack Caglione and ball camp um, looks much better. He looks like he's got much more control of his ball, um, which, you know, is what we wanted to see, you know, coming off of the the surgery, get more control the the next year afterwards. 
Um, he's he's definitely looks like he's getting better. Um, and then that third spot, you know, you've got Neely, who's Neely. Brandon Neely has been a super super solid closer for you. Um, but he can start. He can start and he can play. And if that's the guy they feel like he's their best option, I, I feel like they would do that. Uh, like I said, you've got a lot of just young guys. Um, guys, And then you've got guys that have been here a little while. Blake Purnell's still here. Um, you know, I could see Blake Purnell taking that closing spot, um, you know, if he was to work into that role. Uh, you've got Pierce, Pierce Kapala, who's, you know, finally, I think, going to be healthy, which we've all waited on P- Pierce Kapala for a long time. He's, he's a big, big, tall guy. He's, you know really highly recruited, um, highly rated, you know, before the injury, he was, you know, on a lot of high draft boards for this year coming up. Um, you know, so, you know, we're going to see what, what he can do, um, going forward. You know, like I said, we'll get, get into the, you know, you know, get everything cranking up here for baseball pretty shortly. I, I think, the, but right now I feel like the Caglione Fisher and, and, uh, Neely are probably going to be your weekend rotation guys. Uh, you know, that's kind of the way it, I see it, but that could that could definitely change. But you know, early word, I think a lot of people have them as the as the three rotation guys. But bullpen is bullpen is super deep. You've got a bunch of guys, a bunch of new faces. But like I said, Florida has recruited really well. They've got a lot of really talented kids out of high school. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna take some lumps early on, uh, I think. Um, and that's to be expected when you have kids that young. Um, you know, I, I think that everybody's best job to do is just don't panic when, when they take some lumps because they are talented. They're highly recruited. A lot of, a lot of teams are one of these guys. They're just going to have to find their footing. Um, they're playing big time college baseball in the toughest conference. You look at the early top 25 ranking, uh, eight or nine, if you count Texas of the, uh, the 25 is SEC schools. Um, you, you know, you're playing a tough schedule. You're playing tough teams. Um, you know, these, like I said, these young guys are just going to have to take their lumps. So just, you know, kind of keep it, you know, like I always say, you know, baseball, football, don't, don't think about them in the same vein, you know, losing a game in baseball is, is not the same as losing a football game. You know, Absolutely the schedules not. are totally different. Uh, making mistakes is all part of it. You know, if you want to, you know, you want to win the weekend series, you know, you want to go two out of three. Those, those are the ones that matter. Of course, you want to beat Florida state in the midweek stuff. I, I get that, but if you lose a game, you know, we've seen it years past, you know, you lose a game to Stetson or you lose a game to North Florida or you lose one to FAMU or whoever, uh, USF, it sucks and you think you shouldn't, but it's just, that's what it is. You, you don't play your, your best pitchers those nights. Uh, you you kind of play with the rotation a little bit, get people experience. The main thing is your conference play. Um, you know, you want to you wanna hammer that. You want to hammer the weekend series. Uh, so just like I said, just don't panic uh, when these guys kind of get beat up a little bit sometimes if they're young. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we'll do fine. I think, like I said, there's just a lot of talent in the room. Um, what they do with the talent, yeah, you know, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. But I, I think that we're we're gonna really see this team develop uh, through the year. I think early, like I said early on, I think you'll see some of the guys take some of the lumps. But I think by the end of the season, we're in the heart of SEC play getting ready for the tournament Hoover. I think you're really going to see these guys coming to their own uh, with that rotation in the bullpen. Listen to what CJ says about this baseball stuff, guys, because I'm a huge baseball fan. It's my first love, 
but I've only ever really lightly followed college baseball. I'm very guilty of being that guy that doesn't start watching to the regionals. Um, and I didn't realize the things he told, he says about the weekend series being what mattered and the pitching rotations and, and Nick Delatore to his credit kind of said the same things as what CJ saying here when I've spoken to him. And, and it kind of makes sense now when you, watch how the, the rotation is set up for the series and whatnot. Um, and like you, CJ said, man, we're going to, we're going to dive into that more and more as we get to baseball season. We're going to, yeah, like I said, before baseball starts, I'm going to do a full preseason standalone. Uh, yeah. We'll episode to the, yeah, around to, the bases with CJ solo style. So we'll just, <laughs> like I said, I'll get you guys, I'll break down the roster, uh, break down some of the schedule when we get to that, do a long form <laughs> where I can talk more in depth about that. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of saving some of that on the back burner for that episode. So if you really want to know what's going on with the baseball season, be on the lookout for that because I'll definitely upload that. You guys can really hear me talk more about that. We're going to have CJ upload. Because there's there's so many guys between the signees and you still got Fisher Jamison and you still got Slater, uh, the guys that I didn't even mention. So uh, it, it, there's there's definitely some guys coming back from last year, but we've got definitely got some talent from signees that, that could really play really soon. All right, Wes, last question from Justin. Does it bother you guys that rumors are that Ron Roberts was about to get fired by Auburn? You're muted. No, it does not uh, bother me at all. Um, we talked about that on our main podcast, and I'm, I'm happy more about the cohesion. Uh, the, the other two guys, uh, CJ and Hurst, spoke about uh, – as him being the godfather of the defense with the Tony and uh, Armstrong learning two leaders under him, um, I, I'm more thankful that we have a guy that is, uh, with the rumors out there, uh, with certain guys on the staff not getting along well with Armstrong, which makes me think that Armstrong will be calling the plays again. Is bringing a guy in that has a relationship with him, uh, that, that kind of mentored him uh, as he was brought up and overseer and, and, and to echo what I said on the uh, main podcast, to have him up in the booth to me is intriguing and, and I hope it is something that happens. Uh, CJ, when he said it, I don't know if he knew how phenomenal that was to me and, and, and you fans as well as having a guy like that up there seeing things and being able to relate it to Armstrong because Armstrong is a guy that's not going to be up in the booth. He likes to be in tune with the player. He likes when they come off the field making a play, jumping and bumping and all that stuff. So he's that type of guy that needs to be close down to the field. If you have your eyes and ears, somebody that you can trust upstairs saying, hey, I think we need to do a corner blitz on this one. Oh, I see something that, that this guy is doing. And, and that's somebody that you have confidence in that's going to give you the right information. I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, that he's our linebacker coach and that he's somebody that has a prior relationship with uh, Armstrong. So, nah, it doesn't bother me at all. And, and, and to me, that probably – Hugh Freeze, we know how he is. That's probably something that they probably rubbed the wrong way. Rumor was, and, I, and I'm just going to close with that on it, is they were using him kind of as a scapegoat to keep – faith in the boosters you know boosters are paying out right now to auburn but you have a play like that fourth and 31 at the end of the bama game you know people start to get a little antsy and whatnot 
I will Rock. say this though, but watching Auburn, I don't think their defense what was what was really losing Auburn games. They no. just were not Thorn scoring. playing quarterback was, was yeah. Like, Auburn hey, listen, dude, game. if we can mirror Auburn's defense from last year, I'll take that every day. Yeah, because I watched them shut down UGA for almost the whole game. They just couldn't hang with them offensively. Right. I, I just like I said, I, I don't know. Like I said, this is news to me. If if Ron Roberts was doing that bad of a job. Because every time I watched Auburn play, their defense was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't the pits like ours. You know ours is the, terrible. The high dollar boosters always got to have a scapegoat. If, if, oh yeah, for sure. If if, if we're gonna give you our money, you got to make some change. And it, it happens at every team, including yeah. ours. Um, yeah, we're looking at you, Mark Hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's part of it for sure. I mean, like I said, you know, that when you're talking boosters like Auburn. That have some of the most fickle boosters in in the history of you know college athletics. I can totally see why they'd have to let somebody fall on the sword. All right, Justin Cordero has three more questions for us. I'm gonna take the first one and I'm gonna split the other two with you guys. His first question: What do you think happens with Corey Raymond? Question mark Does he go on to coach in the NFL? Uh, Justin, from things I've been told, is he may flat out retire. Uh oh. It's just you that's frozen on my screen here. Uh oh. Know. Well, we can still hear you. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we there can we hear go. You, but you're frozen right. on my screen. I'm yeah. frozen on the screen, guys. But I'm not. I'm not going to let it keep me from going here. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've heard rumors that that he may out and out retire. Yeah. So, yeah. I've heard. I've heard he may go out at LSU. I've heard that he, he may go back to LSU, but otherwise he he may out and out retire. Yeah. He's he's at that point. All right. So I'm going to ask this of you, CJ. Justin Cordero asks if you got the football GM role for for a day with with for the Gators, what would be the first three things you would do day one? For the for GM role, yes, uh, man. Um, they they all ah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to at least number one, I'm going to have a meeting with all the boosters and we're going to talk and come up with a game plan for recruiting um, what we need to do. It's no secret that there was a lot of, you know, things last year that, you know, just seemed like kind of, kind of were disconnected, discombobulated, even the boosters, you know, kind of feel that way that, that need to get tightened up. And I think that that's one thing that you need to worry with. Um, I, I think, you know, I think that most everything as far as being the GM right now is going to revolve around recruiting, um, you know, whether it's in the portal, whatever we, we, you know, I, I think that that's the main role that they're coming. I don't know as far as GM, if, if there was anything I would touch as far as the on field stuff. Um, Cause I think we're doing that. Uh, I don't think that there's anything that's, you know, going unturned at that point. Um so I, I think that that's that's definitely one thing to look at. Um, but you know, mostly the, all my eggs are probably going into the recruiting basket uh, at this point. I, I think that's kind of like the <clears throat> the main you know the main job of the GM role that we're going to be looking at is is a guy that can really help us recruit out of the portal, recruit out of high school. Um, you know those those kind of things. Uh, I, I didn't you know you know you might you want to say you know make a coaching change here, push for an offensive coordinator. Maybe that's something you do, but I, I just don't feel like that's kind of the GM role that, that we're looking at the, how we, how we hired. I don't think that was the designed, uh, the desired effect 
would be anything on the field. I think it's all just the, the portal stuff and the NIL stuff. Uh, I think that's that's kind of what you have to just do. I think that that's the main thing. You look at your groups, uh, the UAA, the boosters, uh, the athletic director, uh, the players, uh, the coaches, just trying to get everybody on the same page of how to attack college football as it, as it sits today. Because I think there's just uh, – I think – there's something you got to get something hammered out here and, and get like a fine line of what you what you look to achieve and what you think the best way to go about it is instead of just throwing darts around or, or you know, spending money for the sake of spending money. You know, you got to have a pretty, pretty disciplined attack at this point. I think that, you know, you just can't sit here and throw cash around. I, I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think not especially not for us. I don't I don't think that that's even possible. Okay, guys, last question. And, Wes, we covered this mainly on our main show, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Has they been retiring affect the Gators, if any? Um, <clears throat> it's going to affect all of college football uh, with coaching just and whoever leaves and stays at whatever university they may be at. And, of course, recruiting. Uh, we mentioned on the main podcast about the 30-day window that a lot of kids are going to have to that we recruited that we lost head up battles to with Alabama. Uh, so hopefully those head up battles that we lost to and some, all of them on head up like Keely wasn't, we weren't in the finals for Keely, but hopefully that's somebody that uh, now we can intrigue to come because he has a place uh, that maybe he can start at or, or whatever. So uh, it's going to affect recruiting and it's going to affect coaching uh, and who goes where, which is still going to affect recruiting. So bottom line is recruiting. Uh, and, and it is to me a lot of kids that chose Georgia. I mean, excuse me, chose Alabama over Georgia. That's the thing that's going to be the most, most, most prudent. Because now the kids that Alabama, um, Nick Saban was keeping from Georgia, might end up at Georgia. So uh, that's the scary part of this. And and on top of that, Nick was the only guy that was consistently beating Saban. I mean, beating uh, Kirby. Kirby. Except for that last game in the uh, national championship, which I f- felt like they would have won if if uh, Jamison Williams was still healthy, or the kid from uh, they played with the Houston Texans now that had Lukumi. I can't remember his name, but they lost both of their players. Uh, one in the uh, SEC championship game, one receiver went down. Then in that championship game, the other receiver goes down. Or the next day beats him again. So uh, Georgia kind of looked into that first championship if you ask me. So Nick is the guy that has kept Kirby from. Two, nas- two or three national championships, if you want to be honest. Yeah, it's going to be crazy to see all the things that that kind of <clears throat> domino from this. It might have been four national championships. Tua, he's beat him a, a couple times in the SEC championship game. Wow. Kirby could have <clears throat> had a lot of championships that went for Nick safe. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. All right, guys, that's going to do it, man. We appreciate y'all sending in all the questions this week. Um, like I said, be on the lookout for next week's questionnaire. We'll put them on our social media platforms, and you just go ahead and send your questions in, and we'll do it all over again, man. And like I said, CJ will have us a community question next week that we'll have posted, and uh, we look forward to seeing your answers to whatever that very uh, creative question will be. And until then, guys, thank you as always, and go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.
Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you like a bag though. I can't. I can't. I don't know if it even ended the show. Still says we're the, recording see, at the top. Yeah, I see the top of the pie. <laughs> I mean, I'll have to edit it, and that's fine, but I can't get it to stop yeah. right now. It's like my computer went into okay. crazy mode. Oh, I'm just going to shut my computer. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.